On the 12th hour of the 24th day of August 2020, 43 Catholic nerds around the world started a podcast. This was unusual only in the fact that none of them had been in a podcast when the day first began. Sir Mark Perdiguera, eccentric architect and Canadian expert, resolved to locate and record as many of the podcasters as possible. He got four of them. This is truly universal. Welcome to Truly Universal, the podcast where we discuss all things Catholic in another universe. And today I'm excited to introduce this week's episode. We're covering a show on Netflix that has been trending at, what, number one now for a couple weeks. It's on season two. And if you couldn't tell by the, was it guests, the, by the emoji that we released on social media, we are covering the great, the awesome Umbrella Academy. So super excited. Um, and of course, we had to bring back the panel from the comic book episode a few months back. Unfortunately, one's missing. Um, you know, we'll call him number five or number four. Which one is number six? Wow. Thank you. Did you even watch Umbrella Academy? <laughs> barely. I barely watched name. it. Ben. <laughs> ben. <laughs> and so uh, let's go ahead one by one, introduce uh, each other. Um, I'm Rents, your host for today. And followed by my lovely sister. Hello, I'm Meg. What up, what up? Cool. And next we got... I'm JP, a.k.a. The Godfather Hamilton. Nice. What's up, everybody? Uh, Father Raj here. I am the Sparrow Academy to Rinse's Umbrella Academy. Oh, <laughs> no, <I'm just> yes. <laughs> you have the emo bangs right now, too. I do you have the yeah, emo bangs. I can't see it. He came prepared. Nice. And uh, number six is uh ian he's with us but he's not with us so um he'll be probably joining for future episodes but it's a little confusing because he would have been the fifth person and they were calling him number six <laughs> anyways so this is umbrella academy not uh math academy <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're that's, right. that's true all right so uh you know i re-listened to your guys's podcast episode and again great work with comics i am myself not a big comic book nerd large DC Marvel universes scare me uh, because they're so crazy and so in depth. I really like one-offs and like shorter arcs, and so Umbrella Academy is like right up my academy, uh, academy, <laughs> right up my alley. And I will first off kind of kick things off with a "Would you rather?" And so this is based on the characters on Umbrella Academy, which we'll talk about in a second. But I thought it'd be fun to do a, a "Would you rather?" And uh, I have a bunch of picked out. Um, but we're going to do it by random. So I have a random uh, question. And you guys you guys haven't seen it, but yet I've seen it. So anyone want to volunteer first on one of the questions? I'll do it. All right, Meg. So do you want one, two, three, four, or five? Five. Five. So would you rather be able to travel through time, but the apocalypse will always follow you? Or be able to work at the commission, preventing doomsdays, 
but it's the most boring nine to five job you have for eternity. Oh, I'd much rather time travel and have the apocalypse follow me. I mean, I'm a high school teacher. Like, it's the same feeling. So. <laughs> chaos, chaos. And, like, the commission, I just morally don't, you know, can't vibe. Can't oh, vibe. Okay, okay. I'll give the other guys a chance. JP, Father Raj, do you guys want to chime in on, on what your choice would be? I, it's, time travel just seems like the better answer, but I wouldn't mind working at the commission. If as long as I get to, like, if if Herb is the head Oh, the, then Ooh, I would right. totally work at the commission. That, Spoilers. Well, we'll see. We'll Spoilers. see what happens. <laughs> you may not agree with that after. <laughs> I know. After season Hopefully. three, we'll see. Um, you know, yeah. so nine to five. So I get all that other time. Uh, yeah, I guess you do. Yeah. Okay. Um, where do the people in the commission live? Like, do they pick a timeline that's their main residency, or? Wow. Or is yeah, there an apartment? Where do they go there, after they work? Is there Disneyland That's... outside of the commission? You know, do they have like campus housing for the commission? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go. How would? Well, I mean, that's my decide. answer. That's so. If I if if I had more free time and I could do other stuff, and then therefore because I had access to briefcases, then I would do. I would work for the commission, and then when I'm not working, boring nine to five, I could still time travel. That's true. That's true. Until I, they have budget I beat cuts. your questions again, truly universal. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Dang it, Father Every Raj. time. Okay. All right. So, okay. Let's go, uh, let's go Father Raj next. Then. Oh, goodness. Okay. Go ahead and pick one, two, three, or four. Uh, two. Two. So, would you rather have everything you say or write down becomes true, even the wrong answers on tests, emails, texts, and conversations, or... You can talk to the dead, but you can't control who talks to you, and you always have to rock, walk around shirtless. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I know my answer. Well, I, well yeah. um, the shirtless thing threw, threw it off for me. I, I'm not very comfortable with my shirtless body. So, um, so um, I'm going to have to – just be. it would take some learning, but I would have to be very careful about what I, what I wrote down and said. Um, this is total tangent, but I, once I wasn't paying attention in class at the seminary, and I just uh, the teacher asked a question, and I thought she was talking about the beginning of the civilization of Rome, and so I just answered, <laughs> I answered really loudly, uh, "Wolves." <laughs> what? And they weren't ta- they weren't talking about the beginning of the civilization of Rome, and um, so yeah, I would hate for like wolves to just appear in my classroom. That would be yep. that would be very dangerous. But I, that, I guess I'd have to pick that one because I don't want to walk around shirtless. Got it. Got it. just that. Just that aspect. Okay. All right, Meg, JP, what your what's your choice? Number two. <laughs> number two. So you because walk, I what? I feel like with number one, there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure to figure out what you want to write. And I feel like having that it having that power can really can lead to a lot of chaos, specifically with with my mind. So. Mm. Yep. I will make it so that two plus three equals chair. Because <laughs> that's a normal thought that we all have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Meg? Um, I mean, as a woman, it's not socially acceptable for me to be shirtless oh, uh, in any way. So it's like for the sake of society, probably choose one. I mean, like the like deeper aspect of it is like we should all be watching what we say, right? Mm. We should all like understand that words matter which is something i tell my students a lot words matter and so i think for me that would be a nice cross to bear is that my words really matter okay all right let me readjust take that truly universal meg be your question too (laughs) 
Dang it. Can I, can I just adjust? I'll do an audible. Okay, the shirtless is optional. So JP, you can still be shirtless if you want. Oh, okay. But it's, a, it's an option now, the whole shirtless thing. Does that change change the answer? I, still, no. I think I'd still so. do the writing thing. JP, JP was sold by the shirtless part. So. <laughs> Patreon content, guys. Patreon content. Oh, is JP okay. shirtless talking to dead people? That that we could arrange for that. Cool. Uh, All right. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> Please don't. All right. So J, JP uh, is next. Let's go with one, two, or three. Uh, we'll go with three. Three. All right. Would you rather be able to instantly teleport anywhere in the world, but you will forever be a teenager in a state of puberty, or have an interdimensional portal in your body to summon a powerful monster? But you have to star in a Wong Fu production movie every month <laughs> as the same sad, insecure character that only talks in monologues. That's, that's so good. That's a good question. Oh man, I totally forgot about the first first option already. Because <laughs> the second one's so good, right? It's like two. It's two positives. Not. I realized I wrote that. Uh, it's pretty much instantly teleport anywhere in the world. But you're, you'll forever be a teenager slash in a state of puberty. <sighs> um, I, see, but here's the thing. Teleportation is like the superpower I want. Because then I could just blink anywhere to do whatever, anywhere I want to go. But to be in a teenager form for the rest of my life? No, I don't think. Teenager JP? Mm. Oh. Mm. I don't know, man. I don't know if I can be Teenager JP for the rest of my life. So I have, I have to go with two because I like the idea of having a monster inside me. Yeah. <laughs> don't we all? Don't we all have a monster inside And I'm both. totally fine doing the Wong Fu stuff. Okay. It's, it, cool. I, 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 I really hope Justin hears the, just this clip of the podcast, Wrench, just so that you're <laughs> like, please. What is he saying? Okay, but how many times did we rewatch that monologue? We did. I, we totally did. We, we did. Times. We did watch it multiple times. Hug me, Asiago. <laughs> Hug me, Asiago. Hug me, Asiago. Real quick, uh, just for your viewers, I texted a, a title, uh, a potential title for this as Hug Me As I Go, you know, quoting a few spoilers. If you're listening to this, we're, we're going to talk about Umbrella Academy Season 2. as uh, just in characters Ben leaves, but apparently Father Raj read that as... Hug me, Asiago. No, so, uh, the no, I read it as because oh, you did it as a hashtag. Oh yeah. So I didn't properly disperse the letters in my mind, and I was like, "Hug me, Asiago." Yeah, and, <laughs> and you didn't capitalize anything or anything. So I thought it was <laughs> like I thought you said, "Hug me, Asigo," and I was like, "Who? What, what character's name is Asigo? I never met this character." <laughs> Hug me, Asigo. Okay, guys, my, my hashtag game is not strong. Okay. Um, so the title better be Hug Me Asiago. Hug Me Asiago or Asago. Um, all right. Uh, Father Rajmeg, do you want any um, any input on teleportation but perpetual puberty or Wong Fu in perpetuity? Uh, I don't – I mean I like teleporting. I, I think I could deal with the – well, I don't know. It's been a long time since <laughs> I, I was say- in puberty. So I – but, you know, uh, the teleporting thing is a nice a nice thing. Got it. I am a high school teacher, so I do not ever want to go back to the feeling I had it as a high schooler. Um, and I've always wanted to be in a Wong Fu production. So if I could just constantly be doing that, that'd be great. Asian representation. There we go. There we go. All right, cool. Um, I have, I still have, what, two more to go? Um, anyone want to want another crack at 
a question. One or one or four. Can I answer one as as Ian? Oh yeah, listen. <laughs> Just Jaeger Ian. Are you? <laughs> so Cl- I, I can add, you know since Ian isn't here, I will answer in in lieu of him for and he's going right, to pick so, number one. Number one. So, would you rather have super strength but have uncontrollable gas? Or able to control the trajectory of projectiles, but you're obsessed with protecting every president. I don't think Ian would care about protecting every president, so okay. um, I don't think he would like that. I, I, so I think Ian would answer. I don't think he has a problem with gas, but you know, I think he would like the strength. All right, you heard it here, Ian. You have super strength now and uncontrollable gas. Congratulations. I totally agree. He's an introvert, anyways. There you go. <laughs> All right. I have I have one more. Do you guys anyone want to take a crack at this first? Let's go, JP. Okay. Here we go. Would you rather be able to control sound, but you have to practice the violin eighteen hours a day, or you lose the power, or have the ability to save any life, but you need to date a Michael Sarah character? <laughs> Like like one life per Michael Sarah character that you have to that you have to, you have to date. There's only one Michael Sarah character. <laughs> okay. Do, yeah. He only it's, plays it's, one kind of person. That's true. Yes, that's true. That's Michael Sarah. Yeah. Okay, you're right. You have to. You just have to date Michael Sarah every time. I mean, he's a cool guy. Michael Sarah is pretty cool. I mean, he was in Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. I would totally. Gino. I would totally do number. Yeah, I would totally. Yeah, I'm totally fine dating. Um, Scott Pilgrim for a while. All right, cool. Oh, cool. You can refrain from answering, but Father Raj Meg. <laughs> um, I'll pass on. Right. No, when I was in high school, I wanted to date Michael Sarah, so let's make those dreams come true. There we go. Justin, Michael Sarah, please. Shout outs. 18 hours a day? That's intense. Yeah, 18. When do you sleep? You do you sleep the remaining, the remaining time, and then apparently you just wake up and then go straight into violin lessons. Because... It, just to control sound, but then the only time you have free is when you're playing the violin, so yeah. it just doesn't... I think your math is wrong on that, Rince. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, my, my understanding was you cannot practice in the day, but you lose your power. Like, you just don't get it for the day. Oh, for the day? So you only have, like... Yeah. Oh, you can get it back the next day? Yeah, yeah. If you pra- oh. So you gotta, like, charge up for 18 hours, is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Okay, maybe. Oh. I might do that. Alan Page really hated faking playing the violin, by the way. She yes. she said it in some panel. She she really didn't enjoy faking that or practicing <laughs> she, that. I think that was explicit. She was pretty explicit. She was pretty explicit on the panel, yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's a prodigy actually that's her double. If you watch uh there's a YouTube group called Two Set Violin. They like critique like Hollywood violin um what is that? Reenactments like, on yeah. on screen. Yeah, reenactments. And uh, you should check that out. They they do Umbrella Academy. Actually, I re- so. recently watched episode one, um, and it's really bad. Like it doesn't even line up to the <laughs> no, <laughs> to the music at all. It doesn't, it doesn't sync up. Oh so. my gosh! All right, cool. That was uh, my Would You Rather. So thank you, thank you guys. That was that was fun. I had a really fun time. Uh, Rance, do you have answers to any of those? Quickly, you know. Uh, for me, let's see. I, I, my particular one, I would do the interdimensional portal and do a Wong Fu production. For me, that's a win-win. Okay. Easy. <laughs> Both sides. I can't believe you haven't been in a, in a Wong Fu production yet. You. That, that's one of my dreams. Shout outs to Wong Fu. Holla, holla at your, your boy. One day. So Phil, Wes. 
All right. Well, as you can tell, we are doing Umbrella Academy. Um, if you don't know, those were kind of character abilities that I kind of made into the Would You Rather. So hopefully you recognize where each one is. But I wanted to take a chance and just take a step back and ask everyone here, like, what is your, from your watching of Umbrella Academy, I, I think a lot of us just, when we found out that we were going to do it this this next episode for Truly Universal, a lot of us like binged it in like two weeks in like a short amount of time. But I want to go around and ask like, well, why did you personally enjoy Umbrella Academy? You know, what, what about it just kind of kept you going and that you liked uh, in the screenplay, the writing or or whatever aspect about it? Uh, it's... I binged it in three days, both seasons. Oh, shoot. Wow. Um, yeah. But the one thing I really liked about it, it's it's not your typical hero show that you see. Like, everyone usually, like, you think of, like, the CW shows or, like, Marvel and everything like that. But it seemed like it was a mixture of, I just, like, when if I had to describe it, it's Teen Titans meets Green Arrow. Like that, it's it can be super funny and then go straight to seriousness, like it, when it needs to be and things like that. It's able to go back and forth, back and forth. Um, yeah, it, like it doesn't take itself seriously and it's just makes it like more entertaining to watch. I mean, not not not. I mean, like watching the other shows, I still watch all those and everything. But this one was, I think, it was less stressful to watch because all the other shows, like, there's a lot of danger and a lot of potential angst and people dying and stuff so it it that's the reason why i like this one a lot more got it got it and to clarify teen tanks teen titans the original one not the teen titans go right yeah the original okay because it goes kind of quirky yeah teen titans <laughs> kind of more kitty go yeah yeah i watched the first season uh and actually my mom or our mom, me and yes. Renz's mom, <laughs> my mom. Uh, she she like got ahead before I did. She finished the she finished season two before I did, and I was like, "What the heck, mom?" Like we're supposed to watch it together, and she was like, "You were busy, and I was bored." Um, so <laughs> I I binged season two in like two days, um, because I also had had work and stuff. Uh, but I really appreciate it because. Um, sometimes when I watch some of like the other like CW shows, I'm just like so distracted by the fact that everyone on the CW DC shows are like way too hot and like <laughs> everyone is just too attractive. Um, and also everything just like works out perfectly all the time. And so it gets kind of, it gets, it gets kind of annoying. You're just like, okay, I see how this is going to turn out. And so Umbrella Academy, it has like that kind of anti-hero situation and also like it's really realistic. Like it, it like has that kind of storyline of like, when like and there's a reason people like looking at what are your child what are the childhood stars from your childhood movies up to now and like there's that like kind of entertainment in seeing like who's a drug addict now who went to jail or like who's like really messed up from being childhood stars um and so it's like looking at umbrella academy it's like it's interesting to see like um how they're affected mentally emotionally um and how they've been stunted emotionally because some of these things because you don't really think about with a lot of superhero stuff like they're very like godlike they're very like perfect and for some reason and so it's really interesting to see the realistic aspect of like they're really messed up from their childhood and like i just always appreciate um people who unwrap um what childhood trauma can do to you like i just appreciate you know talking about those things uh so the like the psychological aspect and like all that stuff is really interesting to me 
um, on top of the superhero things. And so it's just really entertaining to see like Diego and Luther act like little kids. And <laughs> they have some great moments. And like sure. the only sane one is Ben, who's dead. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I agree. Kind of like, you know, I imagine X-Men, you know, Professor Xavier building this house, you know, school of gifted children. And you're like, oh, that, that's great. They all came out really good. But what happens if you have a figure that's like, Abusive, like abusive and, and not as altruistic and what what's the product of that and I, you get umbrella academy yeah it's basically just... like the like seven kids that didn't make it to the x-men academy yeah. <laughs> like got swooped up by hargreaves the rejects oh no <laughs> well kitty pride just like double time yeah double Double D. Father Raj, what about you? What what seems to be your favorite? Uh... Yeah, I mean, I I, I came out and you, and you 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 guys know this. Um, I came out of um this from a different angle, right? Because I I read the comic books. Um, and um, and then so I was excited for Umbrella Academy season one, and so I was looking forward to it because in the comic books, as as is the case with so many comic books, it's like you get a really interesting story, a fascinating story, but there's just so many holes, and you have to fill them in in your own mind and in your own head, and um. And so to to see these characters fleshed out in in ten episodes in in season one, to see like oh, okay, well how you know why did they do these things in the comics and why are they like that? Um, why do they make the choices that they make and get a character development that was strong? Um, it, it was it was very powerful, right? So like it, similar to what, what Meg was saying, I'm going to come at it from a slightly different angle, but. Um, yeah, we do. We, we're fascinated by seeing kind of some of those stories as broken as they are sometimes. And, and in fiction, it's okay to do that, right? Like we shouldn't be relishing in, in the, the, you know, schadenfreude, right? We, we shouldn't be relishing in the, the, um, the evil things that happen to other people and all that stuff. But in a fiction story, we can, and this is how I see a lot of fiction stories, comic books or whatever, is that, in a fiction story, we can look at these real issues and and still see, wow, there's still beauty and goodness and truth in it, how messy they are. And and this is, like, as everybody's been saying already, uh, JP, Rents, and, and Meg, that uh, the characters are real, right? We can relate to them way more in, in some sense because they're broken and they are childish in situations that should be serious. And, um, and still, at the end of the day, there's still some glimmer of goodness and hope, even if it's just completely bonkers. And messed up, yeah. and um, you know, I was worried when the when the the the, the first season came uh, was started, right? Because you can really, I mean, well, okay, the comic books are crazy, um, and but when you know, you you never know what they're gonna do with the characters, but but the character development, the storyline, the plot, it kept me engaged the whole time, and then uh, also the soundtrack, phenomenal. So those are the yeah. the major things, and fight so scenes, good. fight scenes are great. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I echo that. For for me, it was definitely the I I enjoy character development um, more than anything because you can have enough crazy plot and and fun stuff, but if you can't really relate to characters, then it's hard to kind of keep going. You want to know you're invested. And for me, like well, I was watching that, you know, watching it with my wife, and like she, I I didn't think she would like it too much. I thought that like she that's not kind of her up to speed. But we found ourselves like talking about it afterwards, just super involved and like. Because we felt like we connected with each person and as as good, you know, that's not new to literary or, or movies or shows. Any good movie shows has good characters. So we just really like that. And and as both of you are saying, or all three of us are saying, like, it's it's exciting when you see someone like on their like I shouldn't say exciting, or like in a in a as Raj said, not relishing in it, but it's really cool to see someone go from like complete zero, broken, like how are they gonna come back together to realize like, oh wow. 
their family. Like, you know, end of season two, you get a feeling like, oh, wow, okay, they, they, they're making it work. The first, you know, season and a half, it's just not working. And, and when they come together and be like, okay, that's cool. And, and, you know, with other comic book shows, they take sort of granted that they already have that chemistry and they're already kind of kicking butt. So, so that's been good. But, but I want to uh, now go around and, and kind of double click and say, hey, what are your, your personal favorite characters that you enjoyed? in in the umbrella academy you know uh specifically i know we talked about the comics book bit but we'll, we'll focus in on 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 the show but what have been your favorite kind of characters uh during this i really like klaus um he's eccentric but also he's like had a lot of deep hurt and like even though like in the beginning you're like oh my god this dude's irresponsible this dude like um it's just like always hide on the stuff like you 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 realize through the storyline like like the kind the pain that he has to go through on the daily um and i was like re-watching like just casually as i was like doing work and grading um some of the episodes and there was like a point where klaus was like stuck um with hazel and cha-cha and like stuck with the voices of the dead and like really in pain like true pain it was like excruciating for him and then ben was like is it happening again? Um, and so, like, watching, like, Klaus's character, he's, like, really entertaining. And I love seeing him in Misfits, too. Like, he also was someone with some interesting superpowers. Like, he could never die in Misfits. Um, but, like, just watching his character and, like, seeing the pain he's going through. Um, but also, like, also just seeing, like, that character development and, like, like seeing that real human pain that he was going through was really um, interesting and really deep and like, his storyline with Dave, too. Um, but also, I really... As a woman, I also like resonated with, uh, with oh my gosh, Allison, Allison, Allison. Um, in like, and I, I've kind of talked about this earlier, like words matter, uh, and so like looking at that idea of like the the pressure of like perfection, um, and she has the power to achieve that perfection, um, through her superpower, through her ability, and um, kind of brings it back to like what's important is not like the perfection you could obtain on a surface level, but like also taking care of like your inner self and your relationships and the people you love. So those are like my top two. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. I, I you know, I th all the characters are great. I'm going to toss in a couple of uh, honorable mentions and then kind of finish up with my, my favorite. Um, uh, my honorable mentions are, I, I really liked, um, uh, Ritu Arya's character. Uh, oh my gosh, why am I now? I'm blanking on her name. Uh, the um, Lila. Oh gosh, yes, Lila in season two. I, I just think the way she played it and acted it, uh, it was great. And I hope she comes back for season three. Um, so um, yeah, it'd be great to see that character develop more. But I I, I liked her arcs and I liked her, um, you know, uh, her acting was I thought I thought was really great. Um, and then I, um, I, I like, uh, Luther. I know he gets a lot of, um, I don't, I think he gets a lot of hate, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for a hopeless romantic and, and he plays it so great. And like, in terms of like not being perfect and messing up a lot, um, and, but not being too pushy, but it, I don't know, you know, I, he's just, I, I have a soft spot for, soft spot for Luther. Um, Allison. Oh my gosh. Allison. <laughs> oh, that's such a great scene. Oh man, and then um, uh, but I, I, you know, if I was thinking about this, and my uh, my go-to is gonna be um, or my my choice is gonna be Hazel. Um, 
Ah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> I just think he, his arc in the first season, and then even you know wrapping it up in the beginning of this season, I thought was just really good to see you know sacrificial love or you know you know being willing to give up everything that you had or what you were comfortable with, what you knew, even uh, making some really really tough choices for for something that you found joy in. It's great, and but he struggles with it, right? He's not; it's not perfect. And then I just like yep. his personality of like, you know, dude gets stabbed in the leg, and then just like he does the good thing and walks away. Like, yep. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, no, I his little bird watching scene when like Chacha's trying to kill him in the woods. He yeah. just like sees a bird and he just takes out his book that um the donut shop lady gave him. Agnes. Yeah. Yes. He has a he has yeah. a he has a line um saying something like I finally found something or I have a big investment in a donut shop and like and I just thought that was like super like oh gosh he he I mean to toss in a Catholic I think he found his pearl of great price and he was going to do whatever Ooh. whatever he needed. Ooh. Um and then so. Mary J Blige was the crow that just <laughs> ate, ate it up. Oh, I didn't realize that was Mary J Blige till like episode 8. Like the entire time, I'm just like, this person seems oddly familiar. You didn't see any of the credits? <laughs> no, I just kept hitting next episode. Next episode. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Hazel's character was the, oh man, I'm blanking on the real life serial killer in Mindhunters. Um, starring, yeah, uh, same Spain. guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I, I know his voice. It sounds really familiar. Who is it? It's like, oh, Mindhunters. Uh, Kemp? I forgot. I think that's the something serial killer. But yeah, uh, Hazel's up there for me. Uh, JP, what's your what's your kind of picks or pick? Uh, my favorite was Luther. There you go. Nice space I, boy. Space boy. I just, just love. I just loved one. his arc. Like you know, he spent most of his time out when he was not part of the team, just in space. So he t- like he almost didn't grow up. Like you can see that way the way he acts and everything like that. Like he's super. Like first season, he's super loyal still to to the father. And everything like that, and like it's, it's like a shock to him to what's going on with what's happening with everybody, and like he still wants to get the team together. Like he's he's sort of like the, the glue in 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 the series that that brings everyone back, like tries to get everyone back. Um, and the fact that he's he acts like a kid for like a lot of the scenes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like he's such yep. a little kid and everything like that. Plus the relationship with Allison. Um. Yeah, I'm a sucker for that too. Like Father Raj, sucker for those type of yeah. romances um, or relationships. Um, yeah, it's just plus. Yeah, I, I, I think... plus that guy. I also like this guy. Looks oddly familiar. Then I realized he was burned. He was burned by a dragon in Game of Thrones. Yep. Um, he was yep. also Jeff in Doctor Who. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I think one of my most frustrating episodes with Luther was the day that never happened. Oh, Not because he yeah. did anything wrong. It's it's because like, man, finally he gets like some sort of reprieve from like his daddy issues and you know, Allison's finally reciprocating and they they get this wonderful dance. Yeah. And then it's like so it doesn't good. happen. It's that so the good. Never and then it gets erased and it goes backwards and realizes it's so great. I, I was it's such I was great yelling. writing. But I yeah, was it's so painful. So much. No, yeah. but you know, no, but, uh, JP was talking about the loyalty of Luther, and I, I totally dig that too. And it's it makes it so heartbreaking in season two. I think it's episode one or episode two when when Five's trying to recruit him again. And he said, "No, I'm 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 done. You know, this is yeah. what I'm doing now. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna. I'm not. I'm that's your problem." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" And everything built up to that moment of like, "I'm I'm no longer loyal. I've been beat up too much." And um, I, it was, punch me. I want to feel something. Oh, 
But can we also talk about the way that five reads everyone as a fifty-eight-year-old man? <laughs> That's and a true. Teenager yeah. body, dude. Aiden Gallagher, amazing. I, I would say I'm gonna speak for Ian. He loves the old man, like mentor type of figure, and I think he would pick five because he's both old man but not old man. <laughs> I, I think you'd pick five or Hargreaves. That's true. Or Pogo. Oh, Pogo. Oh, Pogo. That's a good one too. Pogo, Pogo's um, good. Yeah, what would be my pick? Uh, I do. I know this is it's kind of weird. Season two did not do Diego right. <laughs> just like he did not at all. He just was like just not that time but of the silence. He did have that really good line where it's like we both like I forgot what the exact line was. He was basically like we both had abusive parents, but the different is difference is that like I had somebody to love our me. dad. Yeah, and he looked yeah, around. Mine love me back or something yep. like that. Yeah, my yeah. family. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another one of my favorite lines is when Luther talks about how he went to see, you know, Hargreaves and tried to figure out, went back in 1960s in Dallas. And then like Luther tries to get back at him like, well, at least dad didn't shank me, um, you know, in the stomach. Oh, dad shanked you in the heart. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got some good lines. So, yeah. No, I, I like Diego because it's just that uh, it's – He's he's uh, an a hole. I don't know if I can say the actual word, but he's he's a jerk. Um, he's he's also just as broken. He's has that inferiority complex with number one because he's been put as number two, um, and he just kind of has that like uh, you know I, that that hurts me when they uh, in season two when they meet up with their father again in the tiki room again one of my favorite favorite moment scenes where they're showing it off. But he tries to speak out about accusing his dad of killing the president. And Hargreaves just like destroys him, and then he stutters again, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Oh, yeah. Diego, that hurts." Because the, the, uh, the and that's a beautiful, to, yeah, season one, yeah, yeah. Then I can think uh, shout outs to uh, Steve Blackman and and that crew for for writing because they're able to do that so well. They they put things into the story as as good you know writers should, and they can call back to it at right just right the moment you know just like with the stutter and, and we see so um, Diego's up there for me and. Uh, just poor him and his love for his his biological sister. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. No, she's not biological. She's the one person oh, yeah, that's she's not biological. Not. She's not. None of them are biological. Yeah, but in biological. his head. Oh my gosh, it's it was so such funny. a great moment. Um, but yeah, no, even like I, I think it's 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 probably not. We don't maybe not focusing on too much because we've been immersed in season two. But like his arc with with Patch in season one. Like gosh, yeah, like yeah. that's so heartbreaking, poor Diego, and and you see him handle it, um, you know, poorly at times. But like, gosh, that was a good, honest relationship that he had, and and it's heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. So those are moments where like Patch, I think Patch really understood, you know, and I think that makes sense too. You have Patch who understood Diego, but not fully, and then you have his not biological sister who actually understands him mm. because of an abusive mother Gothel figure. Um, so I think that's some cool. I don't know if they intended it to be that way, but that, that's a cool, cool parallel for Diego. So hashtag justice for Diego. <laughs> Essentially, we like love all these characters because they're broken. And it's not like like Father Rush says we're not relishing in it, but because it makes them so human that we're able to be like these are heroes that we can relate to. Yeah. Well, then it helps us. It also lives. it also helps us to empathize with those folks around us whether we realize it or not that that you know we're all broken right and so we can we can see in like so we watch a tv show like this and we're you know we don't just see the them lash out at other people we also see their their humanness and the redemption which you know honestly in in 
daily life we don't always see. Sometimes all we see yeah, is yeah. the person lash out at us in the grocery store and we don't realize, gosh, they've got other things going on. Yeah, um, they got some baggage. They normalize got some... learning, normalize growth, normalize. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this is awesome. So what, what what else themes? Any other themes that we kind of seen in season one or season two that, you know, kind of stick out to us from a narrative perspective? Don't mess with the timeline. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's yeah, a totally. recurring one. Listen to your sisters because near the end of season one, I was just so frustrated. I, I was like, y'all ain't listening to each other. Yeah, that was a heartbreaking scene where like Rumor or uh, uh, Allison is trying to get uh, Vanya out of the asylum thing. Yeah, the cell. And then yeah. she can't talk. Yeah, and that I actually shed a tear because that was hard to see. Yeah. Um, I know we didn't mention it, but I I was a fan of of Ellen Page and Vanya. Um, that that's a uh, I think that's I, she did some interviews where she resonated with that character because she she kind of goes through depression, she goes through like a lot of that that complexes, and she felt like that was a very relatable way to go about it. And I think she did it pretty well, you know. Mm-hmm. She did a very good job, and just that story arc too of looking at like like she was like the ordinary one, and she felt left out. But in reality, she like was so much more powerful than the rest. Um, and then that constant, it's like almost like an instant Elsa thing. It's like a, a like also like commentary on mental health. But it's like if you just lock someone away and don't like cultivate like a relationship with them and help them to navigate um, what they're going through or things that they can't control, uh, then these th- then an apocalypse happens. You know, like in a literal way and a figurative way as well. But it's like. Because someone is so different or because you fear them doesn't mean you shouldn't you should stay away from walking that journey with them or like um keep them from living their life. And so that that like like she did an amazing job um playing that character. Yeah. Uh I think another thing that was uh pretty cool was how you know five's obsession with the end of the world is very pertinent throughout season one. And it's like just like it's a running joke. Like he's just so obsessed with the end of the world and, and protecting it even until season two. But, like, there's a moment where it's finally, like, done. Like, they think it's not the end because um, Harold is dead. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, okay, cool. The end of it. And then, like, Five goes to the period where he's like, I don't I don't have purpose anymore. I, like, what do I – I spent, you know, 50, 60 years yeah. trying to figure this out. And then what's my purpose? And then Hazel comes in. Yeah. And then Diego ruins it. <laughs> oh, gosh. That moment. That drop kick is so great. I, like, I lose <laughs> it every time I watch it. When yeah. they're, like, having a moment and then Diego just drop kicks the moment. Yeah. It's just – um, but yeah, that purpose and that callback, Father Raj, about like you know pearl of great price, and you know what what is the purpose that people resonate with? What what's everlasting and and finding that, and not just an objective or a mission, but like really purpose beyond it. And um, yeah, I think that's what the funny thing is that's with all the characters, right? Like um, yeah, we see we see sadly with Space Boy with uh, Luther number one. Like he thought his purpose was to, you know, he he goes through I don't know if it's one episode or two episodes where he's like he's convinced that like his work he was doing on the moon is so tied to what was what you know you know he fought he saw yeah. that he thought that was valuable and then sadly he finds out that his dad never opened up any of the reports that he was writing and run from the oh, moon. Oh man, kill me! It's so yeah. happened twice. Uh, yeah, twice. Yeah. And so, like, so, yeah, can we find our value in other things? And I think what um, this is kind of the theme that I thought that a lot of them had or that, that resonates even through season two is just, like, the power of, good, like, good, the power of relationship and how it can be a good influence and a bad influence. We see it, right, with Hargreaves as a bad influence and then, and then um, 
the handler is a bad influence on Lila, right? But we also see the power of like, oh my gosh, like can good influences like totally change your life? And they can, right? We see that with I mentioned it already with um with Hazel's character and then um uh and then powerfully with Klaus, right? Like he he encounters some goodness in the in even in the mess of the Vietnam War, he encounters something good in his relationship with Dave. And um, it causes him to desire to be sober, right? So, like, even all the messiness of all that, like, relationships have a powerful effect. We can talk about Ben's relationship with with Klaus. We can talk about all these good things that, um, you know, we even in the mess of whatever, relationships can have a profound effect. And then, and then, you know, Vanya and oh gosh, that's so heartbreaking. The answering machine message of uh, from C. I was watching this again the other day of uh, with Vanya when she plays the answering machine and she finally hears the first time that, or maybe for the first oh, time yeah. in a long time that Al- that Allison like cares about her as a sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After she already slit her throat, like <laughs> it's just so heartbreaking. <laughs> oh. So- and it's just like if she had heard that right beforehand, if she had just had that one human connection right beforehand, it could have changed everything, right? And um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that's a, a other thing that I found interesting too is like the, the like you said the power of influence. Like Vanya wasn't seen for so long, and then here comes Harold uh, with ill intentions, but you know he <sighs> listens and sees Vanya. But then you know Allison comes in, and because of that history of of lack of trust and of being called you know ordinary and even though allison does have pure intentions it comes off as you're controlling again or you're not blah 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 because of that hurt and like meg said was earlier you know words matter uh, after a long period of time and i think she's or like she's jealous yeah she just had she had a divorce so that 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 love was gone and now she sees Mm -hmm. it in vanya and yeah and that guy that that guy leonard leonard Leonard. am i saying harold is it leonard it's leonard isn't it um it's both Oh, oh, because Harold is the real name. Harold, yeah, Harold is the real name. Gerald Jenkins. Gerald, <laughs> Gerald Jenkins. All right, so uh, let's transition. That's some good stuff. I, you know, I've, Amber and I talk about wanting to rewatch Umbrella Academy, so I think we're gonna do that because um, of so many good themes. But let's keep it a little lighthearted now and talk about um, what are your favorite soundtrack moments. So I know Father Raj mentioned it, and you know we all talked about. It, but what is everyone's favorite soundtrack moment? Um, and you, if you want to do honorable mention, but you know that's fine. Don't take up all of them. <laughs> I'll go last. I'll go last. Boys. I'll go last. Yes, yes. Mine was Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. But when- also the, um, also the uh, the cover of Crazy. Who is it? Diana Adronde or what's her name? The one who did the cover of Crazy is that when um, Diego's in the is that when Diego's in the um, the Saint Asylum? Yeah, and yeah. When they're escaping or yeah. Oh, who does that cover? Adronde or something? We don't have our fact checker tonight. Um. Yeah, but that cover was really good. Got it, got it. Uh, Japes, you want to go next? Yeah, mine was the moment uh, Ben as Klaus started reciting the lines of everybody. Backstreet's back. I was freaking <laughs> out. <laughs> I was just like. Because you started saying, I was like, so "This is so familiar," and then he kept on going. Like, oh, are they about to go a Backstreet back? Like, are the Backstreet Boys <laughs> about to be in this soundtrack? And they play. It's like, this is the best. This is and, the best. And moment. it's the most one of the most grotesque scenes too, with the Swedes attacking yeah. Allison, and it's just like, this is really happening. Wait, I'm listening to Backstreet time. Boys, yeah, as a fight. The entire time, I was just super happy. I was like, "Oh wait, no, people are dying. Oh no, people are getting hurt." That's so funny. Um, I'll, I'll go next, then. So Ra- Ra- Father Raj will go last. But uh, um, a couple. I'll, I'll I'll take a couple. 
One was um, um, uh, think we're alone yeah, now. Like, Dancing with oh, wait, no, no, Tiffany. <laughs> they're all in the house. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. was cute. Yep, the JP's background for our Patreon subscribers uh, to see. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I, I liked that one because it's the first like. Uh, reprieve from the intense mm-hmm. you know emotions that happen like of course you get at the beginning with like the intro and stuff like that um but like you know they're all broken their father died you just know the dysfunctionality but here we get this moment like this really fun song all of them are goofy and all of them like you kind of get the sense of like okay yeah there's there's hope somewhere there they're not just all totally broken like they they still want to dance they still have good dance moves they, they're still like that child within them and the song's really catchy too um, shout out, is that like an 80s song? Or yeah, Tiffany, that? right? Okay. I think it's yeah. Tiffany. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're alone now. Yep. Uh, and the other one is uh, Dancing With Myself with uh, Five, Fighting With fighting Himself. himself. <laughs> that's a good one that, too, yeah. That's that's so good. Uh, Post hitting Luther in the nuts. <laughs> yep. All in slow motion. It's, it's so great. <laughs> so I mean, Five, I mean, that's part of my honorable mentions. Five gets all the great music for his fight scenes, right? Yep. He's got that yeah. one. He's got... Um, um, what is it? Um, in the in the donut shop, he's got uh, what's that one song? Istanbul. Uh, Istanbul. Uh, yeah. He's got Istanbul in the in the donut shop. He's got um, bad guy when he's fighting. Um, uh, oh, that's with, the Gerard Way cover. Yeah, yeah. And then he's and then uh, he's got the kiss song when they're fighting in the hallway. Him and uh, Lila and um, yep. All the all five has some great fight team songs. Um, so that was one of my honorable mentions. Real quick, it's uh, Daniela Andrade. Which who sang crazy? Yes, Daniela Thank you, Andrade Thank you for sang that. crazy. Um, so one of my other um, honorable mentions is uh, is Barracuda uh, with Vanya uh, when she's walking in out and it's like, oh my gosh, like she's got power now and like, yeah, she's oh, gonna cause yeah. some damage, <laughs> right? Like, um, Ooh, Barracuda. Yeah, and um, and then I think. Um, uh, I think Meg was mentioning it earlier, um, but uh, again, we talked about that the scene, the day that never was, and like the dance scene with. Um, there's so much in that dance scene. Uh, um, uh, dancing in the, in the moonlight. moonlight. Oh, and the choreography <laughs> is so great because the choreography is like so their characters, right? And like they've got like the you know the awkward. Dance. It's uh, if you haven't had a, if you haven't watched it in a while, watch it again. Um, it's so good that that song um, and the choreography, and then you know their hairstyles change. Um, he's not a gorilla, you know, like all these things, <laughs> yeah. like, all these little touches that. And then it never happens, and it's just so sad. <laughs> Rewind it. Um, but it's such the choreography, the facial expression is such a great scene. So that's that's my another one of my honorable mentions. And then my my, I'm going back to season one, for my pick. Season one. And it's um it's not the first song of the soundtrack, but the fir- first one that kind of I was like, oh my goodness, this is going to be good, is um as they start introducing all the characters, it goes into this medley of Phantom of the Opera. Right. Oh yeah, oh, so yeah that's right. With like yeah. the violins, right? And then like so, mm-hmm. Vanya starts playing it on violin, and it goes through like four or five songs from from Phantom, and it's just like music. Um, yeah. It ends with uh, yeah, no, yeah, angel music when they show like Vanya playing, and then um, uh, think of me when uh, they're yep. they're all finding out that um, that uh, Hargreaves is dying. Right, like like yep, coming yep. back home to to this place, and then the reason that this is my pick, and this is you know super geeky music wise, but like it ends with um music of the night, and so finishes back on Vanya, and um and it doesn't resolve, 
Like if you oh. look back at the scene, like she's playing it on violin and it like um literally it ends on a note of tension and it doesn't resolve the lights come on and she walks off stage and or like whatever like like like, it's like there's no resolution and it's just like oh my gosh there's just so much tension right so like um they don't sing it but like yeah so like na 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 music of the and then it stops and it's oh, just like that, yeah, you want the right. release, the resolution, and it doesn't stop. And they call her off stage or whatever. Dude, you gotta watch it again. It's so great. I need to go back. Yeah, because it's a it's a version that um of of like all the phantom music. That's like sometimes it's just the violin, sometimes it's like bass, guitar, drums. But through that whole like four or five minute stretch when they're introducing everybody, it's so perfect. Uh, I I'm geeking out. But that was it's really all good. Right. And it's like that oh, whole thing nice. you guys were talking about with like it's more than a superhero show, it's like an opera, like family drama, yeah. Um, Telen- yeah. Telenoseria. Tele- yeah, telenovela, <laughs> telenoseria. Like it's great. Yeah, that's my pick. Nice. It's really yeah, that's really good. Oh, but so, uh, can I, can I do an honorable mention? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. No, I think the other one that I really enjoyed that surprised me was Hello, the Swedish version. Oh, oh I yeah, 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 yeah. St- we were just talking about this the other day. I was, too. I was just like, how come I know this song? And then I realized, oh, they're Swedish. Oh, it's it's hello. It's it's the Swedes. It's the Swedes, and they get they get they get their own version of they get the we get to hear the Swedish version of hello. And did it and play we, when uh, they were saying goodbye? Or when when did it play? Like when they're saying at the Viking funeral at the, the Viking, Viking funeral, the Viking, right? So it's the like, Viking funeral, yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. And with I think it was Allison also confronting Ray. Um, about I'm gonna tell you everything now, and then that's playing in the background. Oh goodness! I think- you just said Ray. Ray is one of my favorite characters oh, that- too. Like he just like solid man, solid man. Yep. But uh, but the Swedish, yeah, Swedish hello is a good one with Adele Japes. Um, uh, I I just want to say great writing where I can go from, dude, the Swedes are such awful people to like, oh man, I feel bad for them. And then they kill <laughs> yeah. Elliot. And then I'm back to, oh, I feel bad for them. <laughs> it's like, dang it. Like, <laughs> I want to hate you, but I can't. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I forgot about Ray. Um, other, my other, other one I mentioned is uh, Major Tom when Pogo's going to space, just because it's this fun, like, uh, 80s song like, uh, about spaceships. So, and you get to see Baby Pogo, which Baby is... Baby Pogo. Um, I'm also thinking another one uh, my wife really likes is the... Salon scene with Klaus. Oh, Monia, yeah. oh that's one of my faves too. It's really Allison, cute. Where they're actually becoming like siblings and you can see them. Or not becoming, but acting like siblings. Oh, yeah. You don't get to see that. Twisting through the and night like or something. They're... Is that what it's called? I think so. And how attuned they are to like the culture of the time period they've been in for a year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. Like a very attuned. Like Klaus was able to start a cult knowing that that's, <laughs> that was the rage back then in the 60s. Don't go and he was, he like quoted he quoted DLC. Destiny's children. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so good. good stuff. So uh I'm gonna shift gears. Um, you know, we talked about uh, comic books, you know, the the other comic book shows. We we obviously kind of get it's it's different from like C D CW, like the Marvels, the DCs. Um but where where does it rank, would you say? Like, you know, in your in your personal lexicon of of comic of sh- comic or show adaptions of comic books uh, or comic book characters, where does this rank? Where does Umbrella Academy rank? Uh, I mean, it's I don't have I don't think I've ever really ranked my favorite like uh, hero like TV shows and things, but it's definitely in my top ten. Okay, like hands down, definitely it's in there because just the way 
yeah, like what we've been all saying so far, like all of these are reasons why, like I love this show, and and it it's just it's just good. Yeah, to give some context, what what are other things in your top ten? Would you say it's no order? Uh, for doing TV shows. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Batman the animated series. <laughs> oh shoot, that, this list is already amazing. This is yeah. a legit list. <laughs> Not like, X Men or Gargoyles. <laughs> yeah, you can't forget about those and things like that. So, not, not the Care Bears one. What was your one? Was How dare. Gummy Bears. Gummy, Gummy Bears. bears superhero Wait, you bring it back. Okay, okay, what's, what's, this, what's this song? Gummy Bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. Okay, that's enough. All right, sorry, sorry, James. Okay, so animated series, Umbrella Academy is in your top ten. Any any other kind of ones that are in your Top, uh, so that the pa- our Patreon subscribers will get personal copies of all these. Really? <laughs> wow! Can I get a personal um, copy? I'm about to, I'm about to subscribe. Yeah. I, like I, consider, I consider them superheroes. They have a comic book, Firefly. There you go. Fire. There you go. Okay. Yeet. That's JP's going there. That's JP's Firefly. Eight, one through eight. <laughs> one through, one through, JP's one through eight is Firefly. So. Uh, Father one, Roger one Meg. Season. Yeah, you know, for me, it's tough. I mean, because honestly, like, it's hard for me to rank TV series because a lot of comic book series, I think, and this uh, hot take, I think, last longer than they should. Um, and, like, so, like, am I judging it on the entire series or am I judging it on, like, my favorite seasons of those series? So hopefully it doesn't happen with, with Umbrella Academy. Hopefully they end on a good note and, and don't uh, go through. But, like, you know, um, I like... And it's hard, too, because Umbrella Academy is, like, not your typical comic book, right? And so it doesn't translate necessarily well. And we've already talked about how it's more like a, a family drama and with hero, superheroes mixed in and that kind of storyline. So it's hard for me to rank, but it's definitely in um, in the shows that I would watch again, right? Like, if I, you know, um, uh, that I really appreciate the story writing and um, the character development. And so, um, yeah, it's hard to rank because there's so many comic book shows that aren't even booked as comic book shows, right? But they started as comics. So it's that is also hard to kind of gauge. But um, I, I'd, I'd probably have no problem saying it's in, in my top 10 superhero comic book shows to watch. Nice. Nice. Meg? I definitely agree with Father Raj. There's a lot of comic book TV shows that go way too long, way longer than they need to be. I've stopped watching plenty of them. Um, but yeah, I'm not to be a bandwagoner, but I definitely would put Umbrella Academy in my top five just because of how different it is. Um, or top five, top ten. My top ten includes Firefly 2, also <laughs> Doctor Who. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Who is one through seven. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, just Umbrella Academy is so different. Um, I I also like The Flash too, um, but it's just me. I just really like the relationship aspect of 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 comic books, um, and I really like the very human aspects when people uh, make those mistakes and are able to grow from them, um, and just normalizing this idea that we're imp- all imperfectly perfect. So nice, nice. I think the other thing that sets it apart from other comic book uh, shows, um, just to kind of you know answer what's different about it or compare it is is um it, it really is one of these shows where it uses the comic book as a skeleton and 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 for those that don't realize like the comic book series only has like you know a total of like 30 issues i think or something like that or whatever it is yeah. or something less than like 50. 21 like seven seven each for each volume yeah and then a couple of one-offs and so like 
you know, if you think what's on one page of a comic book panel, like that's not a lot. And, and so like where for the most part, I think most people are watching Umbrella Academy for the first time or like they don't have any clue about who these characters are. And that's the power of it, right? Like we're, we're seeing these great stories come alive and we don't have any influence of like, oh yeah, the Flash was like this or Batman is like this or any of those kind of things. Umbrella Academy really stands on its own in many ways. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, let's transition then to kind of uh, not too deep in because I know maybe a lot of us haven't watched or read the comic books. But for those of us you know on the panel that have, what, what would you say are those major things between a comic book and the show? For yeah, um, uh, we'll just talk about I think volumes one and volume two of the comic books because that's what we've seen in, in seasons one and season two. We don't really see much of anything else. Um, but it, it it's the major similarities are you still have uh, seven kids with superhero abilities raised by their dad and you know the basic storyline is pretty much the same. Um, but there some of the major differences are there's actually a, a, a relationship more between Vanya and, and Diego, right? And um, yep. To, to see also, that. his not biological sister, well, right? <laughs> also, not his biological yep. sister, and um, you know, plays in this that that Diego is the one that um, kind of gives um, Vanya like more attention and more love and care in, in this story. So that's one thing that they switched up. Um, Pongo, or P- Pongo, uh, gosh, Pogo um, is a doctor and everything. Dang it, Average Nerd Podcast. Average Nerd Podcast got me. They call it, anyway, so Pogo um, is a doctor. I think that's one difference. And there's, there's other characters that are in there um, in the house. There are more characters in the house and, and more assistants and, and other things, um, which I think draws away from the whole family kind of aspect. It makes it seem more of a, an academy. Um, Whereas in the Netflix show, I think that's a power that it's just them and and their yeah. and their mom and um, and so um, yeah, I think that's where a lot of the strengths are. And so, not a lot is developed in the comics, right? You get all these kind of really big kind of flashy moments or flashy images, but that's the the beauty. Of, you mentioned you mentioned already the writing of Steve Blackman is that like wow, he fleshes these out in a way that like is still honors I think the comics. We still see some of those major. Um, hits in the from the comic books that you're waiting for but it it, it has a storyline that is is very palatable and easy to watch and relate to so so my question is I, I read the comics um and first off i like where the netflix series went i don't think it would be as um what you call it as many people would watch it if the first episode was about the eiffel tower being a rocket ship <laughs> yes. uh, created by a zombie gustav um that is trying to take over the world um, I don't. Yes. I don't think that translates well to a wider audience. So sure. I'm glad. Like, there's some. There's some artistic. But from a comic book perspective, I, when I read it, you know, me not being a well versed comic book person, like, how much of it is that? Yeah, this is just comic book. It's just bang bang, crazy ideas. You know, hotel oblivion and and not really thought out. And and how, how much of it is like? Is it jarred ways writing? Is it just the nature of it? Um, being being that or? Yeah, I, part of it. I and I I, I don't know. I haven't dug deep too much into it, but part of it is like just a recognition that in, in comic books, you're limited to a page count, right? And you're trying to fit these many cells in a thing. And so I don't know if Gerard Way knew he was going to, I know in his mind, he has eight books, right? Or eight volumes that he wants to, to write, right? So Hotel Oblivion is um, the third volume that's printed, 
but um, uh, there's supposed to, supposedly seven other stories that he actually laid out for the Netflix crew. He he um or sorry um there's eight stories total so he's la- he laid out his whole vision from from beginning to end of eight full comic book volumes so that they could pick and choose from and um and so but I don't know so going back to that comic book thing is like you got to fi- figure out okay in these amount of pages I need to fit this many pictures and you have yeah. to make a lot of choices and so a lot of times it, it's it's big and bold. And he also, I don't know if he knew he was going to have how many issues, how, what his um, contract is, right? So he probably just wanted to get, okay, this full story out with some of these crazy images he had in his mind, right? And and I think he talks about some of that, that like, okay, this is me just on a page. And so um, in that media, I think that's what it is. It's like, okay, I'm throwing this out. You see this in a couple of other comic book series. I think um, uh, Kingsman, right? So the the movie that came out, Kingsman. Um, you know, the comic books are slightly different and the storyline is way more compact and it can be developed more fully in a movie, right? Um, or like more visually, I guess, and you can get, do some better character development, but there's lots of things that happen in between the pages that just gotta get cut out for the, the movie. So, I think you, you said it perfectly, Rens, that, that they made the choices that they had to make to honor, like, kind of the themes and the images and the, the basics of the character. Um, characters, but saying, okay, I can lose this stuff. I can, I can, like we were talking about the other day, like they don't have the jetpacks that, that, that allow them to fly everywhere, or yeah. um, they don't have, um, or like some of the abilities that they have in the comic books, they don't have necessarily in the series, or not yet at least. Debatable. You know, uh, Diego's breath holding is, is still <laughs> up for debate. So, all right, uh, what I, we're going to do is uh, I have one more question kind of focused on the series and I have a couple kind of going to the truly universal style. And that, that's how kind of we'll, we'll finish up this later uh, part of this podcast. So tinfoil time. All right. Everyone get their tinfoil hats on. So I'm worried. Uh, what, what, what is your, oh, it's an easy tinfoil hat, but it, what, what is your, yeah. What is your prediction for how season four? three will go in umbrella academy like just your hot takes just whatever whatever is going through your mind whether you've read something or you've come up with your own idea who's been what is sparrow academy who's going to be back i feel like i i didn't watch it i didn't read any of the comic books but i feel like maybe the umbrella academy is going to become the new board at commission and they're going to turn corporate <laughs> in the sense. Wow. And they're basically going to oh, be wow. like the yeah. Avengers before a timeline. That's like my that's like where I thought it was going. Um and then Lila's just going to kind of be like this emotional like wild card, basically like the Phoenix, basically like Jean Grey or Hope, right? This like kind of wild card of like sometimes she's like on board and sometimes she's like working off of her trauma. Um because she doesn't get the same she doesn't get the same monologue from five um breaking the illusion of her mom she doesn't get that because remember five like reverses everything um so like she only gets up to the part where she was like tell me like tell me the truth and then the mom dies and so she doesn't have that same um like same moment of like the glass shattering and like realizing that her mom is like a terrible person um, because five like reversed everything, so I think she'll still be like kind of struggling with that because she didn't get to have that conversation um, in the current timeline that they're in. Japes, follow rush. Yeah, um, 
the uh, from the comic books, right? Like you don't see the Sparrow Academy until the very end of of what's the most recent thing that's written. So, in some sense, comic book fans and TV show fans are in the exact same spot. We don't know what is going to happen with Sparrow Academy, right? Like, which scares me because last time this happened is a very popular show called Game of Thrones, and we know how that went. I never saw it, so I still haven't seen Game of Thrones. Oh, dang it. <laughs> but, Continue. All right. but yeah, Continue so like, Instead of Pogo, they have Harlan. And that's like Hargreaves' partner. Oh, that's, yeah, There's no that's, Grace, there's no Pogo, there's Harlan. Yeah, so there's, that's a lot of questions. Like, is Grace and Harlan going to be in this? And how are they, you know, because they've been around for a long time now without them. You know, and then, um, so for the, just real quick, I don't want to get too deep into it. So, you know, uh, the third volume of the comic book is about this, it's called Hotel Oblivion. It's just about this kind of prison hotel that um, Hargreaves sets up to put like bad people in. And so people are like, oh, I think they're going to, it's too crazy. They're going to avoid that. I actually have a, feeling that maybe they might include some of these themes and lock the uh lock the um, umbrella academy in this kind of makeshift prison that that, Har- that Har- what? this is tinfoil this is total tinfoil that's that's right? tight that's a great tinfoil but like why because he knows how much of a uh, he's seen how much of the screw-ups they are right because he meant you know he had that sit down with the tiki and he's like these are the six that I, you know, six of the seven that I raised, and I'm gonna like, why am I gonna invest in them? They never turned out well, like, and so he picks another seven to raise, another seven to adopt, and that's the Sparrow Academy. And I don't know that that's kind of my hot take. And then so like, there's gonna be this whole thing, like, you know, we don't want you to bring damage to the world, especially Vanya, who's a bomb. I'm gonna set you into this space prison. That's my hot take. <laughs> Interdimensional space prison slash trap. I think that's oh, what also trap, trap yeah, yeah, trap house. That, <laughs> yeah, Klaus, Klaus would do well in that, unfortunately. J- JP, is any tinfoil hot takes you got? Uh, Father Raj got my hot take because I I had a feeling that that Hargreaves is still the same person, so he does get new children. That's that was what I was thinking too. But I, I, like a part of me just wants an episode where we see what happened with the final Swede with Klaus's, um cult. <laughs> like that's the episode I wish they or like there has to be a moment where we see what's happening with them. Yeah. Well, there's so lots I would of love. Yeah. The final Swede. I would love it just to see like, and then it's like, will will he convert? Like, will he become one of the the cultists, or will he just kill everyone in the in the in the bus? Slaughter them. He becomes time. the new cult leader. And then That's it just true. turns into the like the new nemesis of the Umbrella Academy because he's so upset with Allison. What, what would that academy be called? Sweet. The Akia Academy. The final <laughs> Akia Academy. Oh gosh. Um, but then, yeah, there's, 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 I, JP, that idea is great. Like to see how like a one-off episode of that, or also like I'd love to see it, what happened with um with Old Five when he went back to the you know because that. That reality that's doesn't exist, continuity. right? Is it a totally different continuity? Yeah, I guess that's what it is. I just want to see some scenes of Herb, you know, running. The oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one, too. Herbie. Herbie. Yeah, did Grace Herbie. never, like, connect with Hargreaves anymore? And he's and Hargreaves is so mad at the children for that, that, um, you know. Yeah. All some these good questions. That, th- there's some good stuff. Some good stuff, for sure. All right. Um, let's go into some uh, truly universal type questions all right um and you know you know the ground rules it's we we just gotta gotta go through it so if jesus lived in the umbrella academy universe would he be known as the first superhuman to be born without a father and uh does jesus die once are there several jesus for each of these timelines 
Is this time unalterable? Is he the commission? Like, so what, how do we, how do we reconcile, you know, putting Catholicism and Jesus into this world? What is, what is our tinfoil Catholic hats? Uh, how do we, how do we fit that in here? I, I don't think, I don't think Jesus dies in the multiple timelines. He just dies once because then we know that Jesus is beyond time. So yeah. like, even if like that one death would, would suffice for every single timeline that the Umbrella Academy accidentally creates. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Yes. I think all the streams intersect at that one point and then diverge again at that, at that same point. Like, I think we would oh, say that's kind of cool that that's and he dies for all times, all universes, all that. I that's my my thought. Although C.S. Lewis had a different thought, so what was C.S. Lewis' thought? Or oh, yeah, in, in other universes, how... that there are other messiah figures. I think he wrote, I mean, the, oh, that's right, that's right. In, oh, no. No, I mean, he wrote some books sorry. based on that, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Narnia, Not... <laughs> Narnia, <laughs> Not Narnia, no, um, With... there's a lion, as yeah, as lion, yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's my take. That, that, that one Jesus for all, he's outside of time and space. He is the commission because he is outside of time and space. The commission above the commission. The great commission. Wow. <laughs> the, he's Sorry, the great was... commission. <laughs> Jesus is the great commission. That is so Damn. good. That's so meta. Good. Oh, man. Meg, any thoughts? Any, any thoughts? <laughs> processing life. Um, yeah i mean if the commission is like about making sure that the things that have to happen happen i think like maybe they probably just have a gallery where it's like this is the untouchable jesus christ you know like so that's yeah can't make that all right cool all right we solved that one that was easy all right jesus can exist in umbrella academy you heard it here folks um so the, the, another thing that i want to talk about is uh, uh apocalypse and doomsday uh, that seems to be one that uh, is a big part of you know both season one and season two. Um, real quickly, uh, what is our kind of Catholic uh, take on apocalypse and doomsdays? Um, you know, is it is it kind of like what we see in uh, you know season two, where it's nuclear bombs, the wars happening, Earth you know destroys itself? You know, in season one, like what is, what is the Catholic takes on apocalypse? I know. We kind of know it, but for some of our viewers, you know, how do we how do we look at apocalypse, and how do other people look at apocalypse? I think there's a great kind of a one-off line um, that's really morbid, but when uh, Ben and Klaus are talking about like, do you tell your your cult you're following about the apocalypse, and he's like, I will, I will, but I'll make sure there's no Kool Aid and in it, and it's like, you know, this kind of mass suicide with apocalypse, which is really morbid and gross. But you know, how does how does the church look at it? Is it the same way? Is it different? And and how do we approach it? Okay, so you're all just looking at the priest to answer this question, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> well, you guys should see the Zoom. Um, no, uh, I mean, uh, obviously, clearly what we would consider apocalypse is, um, you know, uh, literally meaning, um, you know, uh, the uncovering, the revealing, the unveiling, right? Um, apocalypsis. What we would see is like everything that is meant to be revealed or uncovered will finally be known, right? So, um we believe that is when when Jesus will return, and everything that was in time is going to soon um, be eternal, and so things that need to pass away will pass away, and so it's got similar similarities to the you know other doomsday things where it's like oh you see death, we see destruction, and all that stuff, but it really is this reckoning of like okay what is meant to be in heaven and eternal will um, receive 
uh, that eternity and, and then the final judgment, right? Uh, Catholics will talk about this as the four last things, right? Heaven, hell, um, death, and judgment. Um, and so um, that's what we would kind of s see as the last things or the end of it all. Now, what, how does that differ from, from like what happens in Umbrella Academy or other doomsday scenarios is that um, those things are just about destruction, right? And things ending. And even that, like even what the Mayans predicted or, you know, even what we see in these two things, it's not really like the end to end. Like even like, well, for one, the commission is still around after both uh, doomsdays that happen in Umbrella Academy. Um, and so there's still something existing. There's still life. There's still goodness. So for us, that wouldn't be the end, right? Even if people die, even if things happen, you know, the majority of, you know, whatever happens, even the world seemingly ending, um, um the boy was still there. He found a mannequin, right? Like, yeah. um, and he survived for many years, right? Yeah, and um, and so there was still something that, that persisted, and so that wouldn't be what we would call the end of of time. Um, so it's not just about destruction. And then the more beautiful thing in the faith is that 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 as much as apo apocalypse has been used as a as a sad word, like what we really would see in Revelation is that it's actually the most beautiful thing that can happen, right? That that God is returning and bringing, and yeah, things are going to die because they have to, just like in a plant growing or a flower blooming. So certain things have to die or pass away in order for that to happen. But this is what we were made for, for this reckoning, this 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 final uh, joy, and we'll be happy forever. Yeah, I, I like that because it's the more <laughs> hopeful version of of Hargreaves when he's telling five like yeah men destroy each other all the time and he just doesn't blink at apocalypses and like doomsdays uh, yeah. and uh, so it's like the flip like it's it's not the pessimistic pragmatic approach it's the hopeful approach um and that you I, I like what you said it's about destruction we forget that like everyone tries to foresee destruction you know i think i, I wikipedia like how many apocalypse predictions there are that wikipedia page is long it's like hundreds <laughs> of entries of people throughout time thinking it's the end of times, what they're really thinking is is it's destruction. That's the, the end of itself. But, you know, in the Catholic faith, the Catholic tradition, as you said, there's there's this hope. Um, and so maybe, maybe that's, you know, if the apocalypse follows them again in season three, maybe that's, you know, that's their ticket out is accepting that and, and moving on and having hope. So, any Unless other? they become the board of directors for the commission. <laughs> Unless they become the board of directors, yes. <laughs> then they're right. beyond the. Uh, um, yeah, thank you for that explanation. I know we all kind of just looked at you because you know of your, you know your <laughs> it's background, right. your superpower, but we couldn't say oh, it goodness. better myself. Um, which brings us to the last question. This is my softball question that I like softball? to end with. Softball curveball, <laughs> curveball question that I want to end. Curveball. That's, that's yep. This is uh, so. You get to pick a character, and as a priest slash youth minister slash therapist slash teacher or whatever you want to be, you meet them right as they exit the portal in season two of Dallas. You know, nineteen sixties. How do you guide oh, or help them to find peace? Okay. Yep, and you meet you meet one of those characters that as they exit the portal, and you just you're just. You decide that you want to bring the love of Christ, or you want to help heal them, or guide them through some tough times. Okay. What? How do you go? To, how do you go about it? First of all, I wouldn't let Vanya get picked up by the same person that ran her over. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, 
I don't know how they do it in the 60s, but if you saw someone get run over and then get picked up by the same person, I, I'd be greatly concerned. True, true. Okay, so that's... I'm going to go with Vanya then as your pick. Um, yeah, I would be like, no, ma'am, you just ran her over. You don't get to take her. And then I'd hang out with her. And like, I'd like be, I'd probably, my first question would probably be, how do you know your name and nothing else? <laughs> and then just like work through her with those things with her. I wouldn't have her live with me. I'd want her to like, you know, like have set boundaries <laughs> too. <laughs> <laughs> i check up on her like i'll pay her rent like it's fine i'll try to find her a job but um as sure as far as like the ministering goes like just giving her a place to like socialize um because clearly like she doesn't know the culture of the 60s somehow because of her memory loss so yeah i'd probably like go the direction of putting her in prayer group maybe alpha you know <laughs> alpha is pretty solid <laughs> <laughs> something really low-key not as intense as you're gonna live with me and take care of my son and pick up my drunk husband like... <laughs> that is literally yeah yes, i think i think is, vanya okay. is the easiest if i'm thinking about it i, th I think vanya is probably the easiest because she has amnesia right so she you know she'd be yeah. the easiest to deal with and and work with and kind of help nurture back to at least to some Assembling because yeah you don't know you don't know where she's from and you're just trying to help her I think she'd no. be the easiest. Uh, um, all right, Vanya's off the table I, now. If, <laughs> okay, well if I had to pick, I mean, because I, I, so I naturally thought I'd be a priest, right? And so I thought, okay, well who, which one would be, you know, which one could I work with or you know do some good things with? And I thought I thought Luther. I, I was like, okay, you know, I don't know why if this was just you know um, visuals and I'm, I'm you know and. That that's the lowest level of my thinking, but I was like, oh, he could be maybe he could be like the bell ringer, like Quasimodo, and like you know, oh, no. at the church, he could. <laughs> that, that doesn't end well like, with. I was uh, gonna say that he likes father figures, so he yeah. would follow a father, like. Well, he does yeah, have daddy that. issues, but I mean, just like yeah, no, but I mean, like I, he'd have value, he'd have work. The sacristan, then, he'd be the sacristan. Yeah, he'd be the sacristan, which include which would include ringing the bells. Okay, yes. which include ringing the bells on the church. It's part was of his bells job. an architectural thing in the sixties? You're like oh, the architecture geek, church architecture. That's true. That's, that's a true. great question. I think they were very like one story. I think they were gone. Simple. Well, I well, well, it, it might not have been a new church. It could have been. An, I could I could have had an older church, right? Like that's, my mission yeah. still has bells. My parish still has bells. So. Okay, so so Father Raj got as Luther and helping him through all of that. Yeah, and so I give him good. purpose. I'd find some purpose for it because I think that's what he was. Lo he would be looking for in the in a place where he thinks he has nobody left. Allison, um, Allison. He, uh, I, I would try to help him find some purpose. Nice, nice. JP, see, I was gonna pick Luther too. I would have been that homeless person. Allison, Allison. And then, like, because it was like with Luther, like he just needs like a normal life. Like he was in space Without for all that time, so he doesn't know what yeah. normal. He doesn't know what norm normal is. So like, I would just give him like stay at my place. Like here, figure out a way to live. Here's some money. Here's I have a priest like friend who needs bells to be wrong. Exactly. There you <laughs> go. But um, but then if for another person, I would like Diego needs a needs a guided like retreat. <laughs> well, he like wants a, to save the president. <laughs> like he needs to, like he needs to, like get get out of like the world and like focus on something. Like he needs a guided meditation. Like he needs a Sean retreat. 
Like he needs something. Shanda solitude. Just like bring him to a monastery and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they. So not asylum, but a monastery. A monastery. No, not an asylum. He needs. He needs something else. Yeah. Who knows? If he goes to the monastery, he might actually become Batman. (gasps) Not discount, discount Batman. Just actual Batman. Not discount Batman. He'll actually become Batman. Like if he goes to like those things. Coles on sale, Batman. (laughs) It's not a real sale. What were you saying, Meg? Earlier, you wanted to be. like klaus's hype man like it's just like (laughs) i like i could like see through his bs too and i'm just like we're just we're just gonna do this and like seep in like some jesus talk while he's like doing this stuff i'm like you have the conviction i like the energy let's move it elsewhere there you go so yeah yeah um yeah no who would i pick yeah one luther yeah it makes sense is probably be the easiest yeah diego would be too much i don't think i can handle that he'd he'd probably <laughs> convince me to save the president like i'd i'd join him he's and like, like he QAnon of like <laughs> yeah uh three is uh allison um yeah i don't know if i could help someone who can't talk um i'd i'd have i'd have to that'd be a learning process for me there's also the other aspect of like the racial situation of the 60s uh, where it's like i don't think there were enough asians mm-hmm. like that's true we in would... texas in the 80s or 60s you could be like kindred spirits basically. yeah yeah, yeah that could work um klaus i i i think i would i'd roll the dice with klaus 50 50 says we we make each other better other 50 says I'm part of his cult and help him with lyrics and <laughs> prophecies. 50-50? Who are you? JP Vaganza? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shoutouts to Japes. Shoutouts. Uh, but yeah, cool. So that is Umbrella Academy. Oh, Again, an amazing, amazing show. Um, we highly recommend. If you listen to this whole, you know, episode and didn't watch umbrella academy apologies for not talking about plot at all so maybe there's there's not a lot of spoilers actually that we this that is more have... enrichment I think we than had a replacement lot of... of that's true i think, uh, I think yeah. we did have a lot of spoilers there's a lot of spoilers. I, I think so I, I think so actually yeah you're right but uh but again thank you all for for joining us uh thank you to these panelists um it's always a joy talking with you guys uh about nerdy catholic stuff and um yeah leave a comment leave uh, whatever notes questions you have and maybe you want to answer your favorite character favorite moment favorite soundtrack that we missed uh post it on on social media post it on instagram and love to hear from you uh but with that uh thank you for tuning in to truly universal i'm rents i'm meg i'm jp and i'm father raj and this is truly universal Truly Universal is a production of Urban Picks, All Things to All. Theme song by Demi Guevara. Audio production by Ethan Ko. And outro song by Chris Kabilis. You can find all of our content on our website, www.urbanpicks.com trulyuniversal. Please like and subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to contact us, send us an email at trulyuniversal at urbanpicks.com. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Space Angels.